You are listening to the Zen Nova Scotia podcast with talks by Cone Franz. These talks are made possible in part by generous donations from our listeners. To find out how to support and take part in our community, visit zennovascotia.com. I said earlier I would speak to how particular Zen is. Over the course of this night, I've told you to put your hands just like this and your legs just like this and to breathe here and to let your eyes rest here. And when you walk, step with the right foot first. And when you turn, make sure it's clockwise. It goes on and on and on. Here, we just barely, barely get a taste of this this aspect of Zen practice. And it can be really irritating to people. Uh, but there's a method to it. It's not completely crazy. There's a phrase in Japanese that says, Buppo no koe ga no sugata sono mono de aru. This is one of my favorites. So, Buppo no koe is the voice of the Buddha Dharma. Shugyo is the training or the practice. It's what we're doing. And sugata means the form or the appearance. Or if we're speaking from a human perspective, it's, it's the comportment. And sonomono means it's none other than that. So this phrase together means that the voice of the Buddha Dharma is none other than the appearance of the practice or the comportment of the practitioner. I think this is is one of the most important phrases and the most misunderstood phrases in the West. There's an idea in Zen that that our actions become a kind of invitation to others, that they serve others, that we create a kind of atmosphere with the way that we are, and that that's of benefit to someone else. And the way that, that this is frequently misunderstood is we hear that, that comportment matters. And we take comportment to be something like moral behavior, Now, there's nothing wrong with moral behavior. There's nothing wrong with ethical behavior. Right? I really hope for myself that I behave in a way that is ethical. I hope that my children behave in a way that is ethical. But that's not what this phrase is speaking to. That's not what comportment is. Right? So it's not simply being nice. It's not simply trying to do what's right. It's more particular than that. And, and in a way, it's more foreign. It's about wholehearted activity. Whatever the activity. Removed from a question of morality. And part of this is important because when you come to a place like this, and people say, well, hold your hands just like this. If we're not careful, that can start to take on a moral component. 
so that the good people are the ones who are doing it and the bad people are the ones who aren't doing it. I promise you that if you choose not to do it, nothing's going to happen to you. Either in this room, through some sort of beratement or punishment, or in the afterlife. You will not be sent to hell for, uh, for not caring very much about comportment. But it has a utility. I was coming here tonight and I was thinking about... I, ha- I had a, a girlfriend in college. Uh, it was my first really serious relationship. And, and I really wanted to be... I wanted to do it right. You know, I wanted to be a good boyfriend. And she, like all human beings, had... She had highs and she had lows. You know, sometimes she would kind of fall into a slump where she was frustrated with things or she was irritated with things or she was sad. And, but I was, I was her boyfriend and it killed me because it meant I was doing something wrong, right? Anytime she felt something like unhappiness, it meant that I was failing. And so I was constantly trying to cheer her up, which if you've ever been the recipient of that, is the most irritating behavior a person can take on. But I was convinced that I could make it better. And I remember so well, and I, I think about it so often, even though it's you know 25 years ago now, one time, her shouting at me, you can't make another person happy. And this to me was such an affront. It was, it was, a, it was an offensive thing to say. I had just gotten into Buddhism. I was really trying to, to look at my spiritual life. And the message I was getting was that I was supposed to be making other people happy. That was my job. And here, the person right in front of me, the person who I thought I had a chance at making happy, was saying, don't even try. You're kidding yourself. And it took me a really long time to wrap my head around this. that she was right, which I just hated. We take this idea of comportment, we take this this idea of form and and of cultivating something for others, and we, we slip, and we start attaching little goals to it, right? I'm going to act this way because it will make someone else feel this way. I want them to feel like this. Right. I will act peaceful because that will make other people feel more peaceful. It's especially confusing if you have children, because with children these things work. My children can be at the absolute lowest point of their whole lives, and if I could just produce an ice cream cone, it would be transformative for them. <laughs> Everything would fall away in this kind of mystical moment, and they would, they would find happiness again. I know that I have this power with them, but I know that I will lose it soon, and I'll never get it back. There are things that we can control and things that we can't. If my goal is to make you happy, then the metric of my success 
is in your hands. I can never control it. I can never, I can never truly work with that. All I can do is kind of throw mud at the wall and see if it sticks. It's a creative and desperate exercise. Even now, you know, my wife also, she has days that are good and days that are bad. And sometimes, even though I think I've learned this lesson, I'll manage somehow to say the right joke at the right time and it breaks the tension and we laugh. And for a minute, it feels like I did it. I was wrong. (laughs) You can make other people happy. And my fragile, fragile ego says, yes. And then an hour later, of course, her troubles return to her and her frustrations return to her. And I see this is not up to me. But I also see that there are things I can do. There are little concrete things you can do in the world that matter. You don't have to decide how they matter. You don't have to decide how much they matter. You can recognize, though, that you are capable of doing them and of doing them wholeheartedly. And so when that person who is with you, who is unhappy, is also cold, you can give them a blanket. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's actual. It's concrete. You can wash the dishes. Not because someone will say thank you and not because it will make someone beam with joy. But because if you don't do it, who will? So you simply recognize it and you take care of it. You take care of the thing that you're doing. You take care of the thing that's in front of you. Completely. This circles back to this practice and it circles back to the tradition of Zen monastic practice. Because we're invited in this room to do each thing completely. That's all. It's no different from Zazen. It's no different from how I described sitting at the beginning of the evening. You're just doing this one thing. You don't get to know the effect of that thing. You certainly don't get to control the effect of that thing. But you can determine to do it as completely as possible. And if you do that, then if there is a positive outcome, then it will be as positive as it can be. You've created the conditions for that. What we do here is we practice. It's a playground. And so when you walk, you just walk. And when you bow, you just bow. And it's not just this just. But that we're encouraged in this room to do it in the way that we've been told, in the way that we've been shown. Again, not because there's a moral component, but because that takes us out of our own creativity. It takes us out of our own idea about it, what it should be. 
and lets us do it more completely than we would if it were something of our own design. Anyone can dance in the kitchen. I enjoy that. But trying to do a dance that you're being shown is a completely different investment of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. The concentration that goes into that, the commitment that goes into that, the humility that naturally arises from that is different. And so we embrace those opportunities to do things in a way that are not what we would create and to invest, to throw ourselves in. What I see when I when I visit Japan and I visit certain monasteries is I see a lot of people who are sitting very straight not just in Zazen, but all the time. Because when they sit, they pay attention to the fact that they're sitting. They pay attention to how they're sitting. And when they get up from a table, they get up from a table in a very particular way. They were shown they have to get up from a table just like this. It's two fingers. (laughs) Two fingers on the table and up. It's the most unnatural thing in the world. (laughs) But it's a chance to play. It's a chance for everything you do to be part of that that feeling of, of that dance. That feeling of noticing where your feet are going. Of noticing how you're holding your hands. And then looping back out of this room, that becomes a kind of template. You can recognize the feeling of that. And you can notice how you are holding yourself with other people. And how you're holding yourself when there aren't any other people. How you're doing the little automatic tasks of your life. most likely unconsciously, because it's easy, and that allows you to think about other things. So you investigate ways of making them conscious, of slowing down, and of doing things 100%. I think that there's benefit in this, and I think there's benefit for others in this, and I think that people notice when you do it. But what's beautiful about it for me is that rather than being a game in which you're acting like this to achieve this, you're acting like this, and you don't know what's going to happen out there. It's like letting a bird out of a cage. It's, 
to my mind, it's a very generous way of being in the world. And that concludes my statement on why Zen is so irritating in the beginning. For more information about Zen, our practice, and how you can support and take part in our community, please visit zennovascotia.com.